0: Welcome to episode 23 of Behind the Scenes of Happiness, Motivation for Motivators. I'm your host, Christoph Spiesens, and today I am, let me find the right words here, privileged, excited, and humbled that a phenomenal TEDx speaker, let's just go with that word, has very kindly agreed to come on my podcast And, of course, I'm referring to the very courageous and wonderful and energetic Madeline Black. Thank you so much for being with us. Oh, you're
1: welcome. Lovely to be here with you.
0: And I chose those words. I mean, they kind of came to me, but I meant every bit of it. Because by way of background for our listeners, Madeline, I was scrolling across my LinkedIn wall. Mm -hmm. And I came across a link to your Glasgow TEDx talk. Mm -hmm. And with the greatest respect, there is no shortage of TEDx talks these days. So one becomes a little bit, you know, like, is it worth clicking? You know, but the title was Speaking the Unspeakable. Now, that's a very intriguing title. So, mm-hmm. of course, I clicked on it and I watched it and I watched it in full which again in this day and age is it says a lot about the power of the message and the delivery Mm -hmm. because we are it's so easy to open another browser or to get distracted but i was spellbound and of course one of the reasons is that madeline and i share a similar sexual abuse history and I fully understand from doing my research and from listening to your other interviews that yours was far more violent than mine was.
1: Okay, but, but it's not about comparison. Ex- exactly. <laughs> not about there comparison.
0: are no, um, in this <laughs> arena, there are no medals. <laughs> but I decided to reach out to Madeline, and she very kindly agreed to come on the podcast. It's, it's incredible there's a line on your homepage right mm-hmm. top of your homepage and I think I want to start with that Madeline because it's sure. going to be I think it's going to provide us with a lot of content and a great starting point for our conversation today and the 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 comment goes as follows it's not what happens to us that is important but what we do with what happens to us if we choose to we can get past anything that happens to us in life.
1: Yep, I do believe that, <laughs> clearly. I, uh, I look back now and I see I'm very lucky to the parents that I was born to. So I don't know if you know or not, but my father was a Holocaust survivor. So his mum and dad, his brothers and sisters, his youngest brother Mordechai was just six years old. They were all murdered in Auschwitz. And if you met my dad, he met my mum. He had five kids and he loved life. And I, through him, not by what he said, but how he lived his life, I saw that, God, that's a major trauma, obviously, to become an orphan under those circumstances. But to then love life, it just was, he was my best teacher. And my mum as well had her neck broken in an operation and was paralyzed for a few years, she was bedridden. And one day she was listening to a hypnotherapist on the radio and she went for hypnosis, self-hypnosis, threw all the pills away, got rid of all the carers and healed herself. And I saw that there is a strength or a resilience inside all of us. We just have to find Mm. out how we can tap into it.
0: Absolutely. And this is what you help other people do now through your talks and of course your incredibly empowering book Uh, Madeline is the author of a book called unbroken one woman's journey to rebuild a life shattered by violence a true story of survival and hope and I would imagine that your life has or is changing significantly as a result of going public with your message and your support for other people
1: Absolutely. So I first shared my story, it will be five years ago in September with an organization in London called the Forgiveness Project. As you know, there's an element of forgiveness in my story. And I could never have imagined what it would have done to me. You know, the the windows, the doors that have opened up were just like, you know, TV, radio, writing a book, magazine articles, newspaper, being invited to speak. I've now stopped working as a psychotherapist because I'm asked to speak so often that I'm just going to focus on speaking so yeah my life has just gone in huge directions which I'd never have imagined and I still need to pinch myself It's is really quite <laughs> incredible but yes but, it, but going public for me has been the best thing because it's just shattered any shame but I know what it does for other people and that's my motivation right. Marina who is the founder from the forgiveness project she doesn't call us storytellers she calls us story healers yeah and i I just Mm. love that and i've felt the power that comes from sharing my story so many times
0: and i know this is a very weird complicated question to ask but in a nutshell for our listeners and those of us listening who haven't watched your talk yet or Mm -hmm. had an experience of your book. Can you share the story in a nutshell, please?
1: Well, to put it very shortly, I chose to forgive the two men who gang raped me when I was just 13 years old. And my, my book is really about surviving that healing, forgiveness, transformation and hope.
0: And... You mentioned the forgiveness project you Mm -hmm. first shared your story there in a blog format i believe
1: yeah Yeah, they have a collection of stories on their website Mm -hmm. and i became one of their stories
0: but that wasn't until 2014 from what i understand Mm -hmm. so is it okay to ask what took you so long to before you decided I i think it's
1: just a process you know i did another campaign just a few years before that it was with Glasgow rape crisis or Scottish rape crisis where I used to be a volunteer. And the campaign was, this is not an invitation to rape me. So my story was about, because I was very drunk. This is yeah. not an invitation to rape me. And then the journalist said, could we put your photo or your name? I'm like, no way, there's no way I could let you put my photo or my name. i was still so ashamed. It just said Madeleine London and a silhouette of one of these women that were blacked out faces. So it's been a process and it's only, over time that I realized I have nothing to be ashamed about. It was a crime committed against my body, but it's such an intimate crime that we ingest it and it goes Mm. in, but also the messages that we're fed by society doesn't help. There's so much victim blaming and rape culture, you know, well, you were very drunk, so what did you expect? You went back to an empty flat. It was your fault. So, yeah, the guilt, the shame really kept me quiet for years and years and years.
0: And the stories that are being shared by society and um, are sometimes uh, incredibly offensive. Um, I've been listening to your other interviews. You said people's, or people are thinking, well, she had a lot to drink that night, so she's, she's partly to blame. Um, I am now a 41-year-old gay man. Can you believe me when I say that some people think, well, what happened to you when you were 10 years old is because you were a gay guy in the making. You were open to that. It's, it's incredible what people tell themselves. And some of these messages come from, Well, at least in my experience, come from, medically trained people even. So it, there is a lot of misunderstanding and, and judgment, which then of course further drives the shame because you think, oh yeah, I must have put this or brought this on to myself. And it
1: keeps you quiet even more. And then what yeah. does that do to you and your sexuality? Did I bring this on because I was gay? And well, No, you exactly. didn't. Yeah. I know without a doubt that 100% of all rapes are caused by rapists and nothing else. That's it. It wasn't because you were gay, straight, no. you know, whatever, what you were wearing, what you were drinking, smoking. None of that matters because no. babies get raped, women in burqas get raped, men get raped. You know, there's, there's no boundaries. And it's no. never the victim's
0: fault. And we need to keep having these conversations because the truth is that it's probably going on today somewhere in the world for, for many people. And now, now you mentioned forgiveness and that is the big for me, the big message of your talk. I would imagine that for some people that raises an eyebrow or two. Yeah. I imagine the word is quite a hard word, forgiveness. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And I love how in your talk, you do clearly state, and this is not a spoiler, but you clearly state that forgiveness is not necessarily required to heal and that all rape is wrong.
1: Yes. Yeah. I had to make that very clear because I know how provocative it is for people. Mm. I will get message me not very many how dare you tell me to forgive I think actually I'm not telling you to forgive I'm telling you this is how I chose to do it Mm -hmm. this was my path and I don't believe you have to forgive in order to heal but for me I saw I can only speak from my point of view I was bitter angry full of revenge sarcastic shut down I was just horrible you know obviously I'm Mm -hmm. very traumatized and so for me it just allowed me acceptance and understanding and the ability just to go okay it did happen. They didn't kill me. I'm still alive. You know, what was coming back was all the pictures and the images and the flashbacks. And I had to find a way to work through them to just really dissolve that energy because it was very high, the energy. It was takes you back as if you were right there. And once I diluted all of that, then the understanding and acceptance came in. Acceptance was hard because I denied it for years and years. I kind of you know held it there and pushed it down. So when the memories came back, I thought, well, if it was so bad, I would remember it. Now I know it's because it was so bad. Your mind shuts it down to protect you, which is good. And it's not so good when you need to face it. So facing it, accepting it, understanding forgiveness, letting it go, whatever you call it. That's what I had to do in the end for me to get peace of mind.
0: And this trigger or this turning point, which ended up becoming the big catalyst for your Mm -hmm. healing, Actually, came to you in in a rather abrupt or unexpected manner, didn't it?
1: Yeah. Well, so it was actually, what I can't mention in the TED because it's only squished into three
0: ten minutes. <laughs> there were
1: three events. So I was studying psychotherapy, and I was going to lots of personal development. I was seeing a teacher, which I've been going to for many years, and my eldest daughter became the same age that I was. So when Anna turned thirteen. Which obviously now makes perfect sense, mm. you know it triggered everything inside me, but I think also the kind of course I was doing was very experiential, so we had to role play as a client and as a therapist, so mm. yeah, it was always going to come back, really. Mm. It was just about the timing it 's like a bomb inside us that it is going to go off one day, and we have how are we when we face it? Can we stay steady with it? Yep. What I know now is I wish i didn't get caught in my denying of it for three years because after a while it wasn't the pictures and the flashbacks and the memories that was driving me crazy it was my behavior and what i was doing with it which is why i say it's not what happens it's what we do with it so i was causing more disruption in my mind than the actual memories themselves by refusing to believe it
0: no and then your therapist said no one's born a rapist
1: yeah he said perhaps they weren't born rapists and just was like How could he say that to me? Uh, I was
0: you of all swearing. people, I put yeah, my whole yeah. trust in you in this moment.
1: Yeah, and I had three years of therapy with this man. Like, how dare he say that? But yeah, that's really started my journey of inquiry. And then I thought, well, how, how could they know hmm. to do that? Well, what have they been through or heard? You know, I really wanted to understand. And my denial went to understanding. And to me, forgiveness and understanding are very similar. If we can understand then maybe we can forgive because I don't really believe people are born rapists. I do believe we, we all come in the same way. We all come in a a blank sheet and we get corrupted. We get conditioned by life, whatever we experience or hear, see, you know, we get conditioned.
0: Yeah. Um, as expected, this conversation clearly brings stuff up for me as well. I remember thinking why, would I want to spend the rest of my life hating or resenting someone? Mm-hmm. And, and I think I had that insight also. Um, it, was, it, it came to me in a, in a different way, as it does for, for all of us. We heal in different ways. But it's, yeah, looking back, it definitely was the right
1: absolutely
0: way or the right approach. And um, because, yeah, it doesn't mean that you have to, you don't agree with what happened, but no, you find doesn't. a way to. <laughs> No. But you find a way to, to transcend what happened.
1: Yeah. Oh. yeah, And that's why I love the Forgiveness Project, because they don't preach forgiveness. They share all these different stories of forgiveness, but it's about transforming our pain into something better. Mm. And the forgiveness, I can say, was never for them. It was always for me. I was just so angry all the time and resentful, and, and it was only hurting me. They had no idea. No, no. no idea. So, you know, it was for me and my family and, and my kids exactly
0: because it's it ripples doesn't it everything's yeah. connected so mm, speaking the unspeakable the title of your talk i'm wondering the unspeakable is of course referring to the rape events yes but could it also refer to the forgiveness aspect of it because for many people that is hard to you Absolutely. know to so i guess you
1: know what i've always notice now when people message me after I've spoken that they will come from exactly where they're at so somebody might struggle with thinking rape is unspeakable somebody might say actually forgiveness unspeakable so everybody has their own perception or somebody will say something to me I thought I never intended that that's great you took that from it so it's interesting what people where they get caught or what bit really resonates with them and I never really know which bit resonates with them but my whole purpose is to share what people people tell me i'm brave or courageous i don't want to be brave i want it to be normal that we can speak about these things no i don't want to be courageous i'm not looking for a medal so if i can do it it feels like a responsibility and i know it was somebody else speaking that actually helped me find my voice she was actually going to go to prison in a restorative justice meeting to meet the man who had raped her who he was a serial rapist right and then marina said you don't need to put your picture or your name you can be anonymous i thought if she can go to prison and meet this man i'm going to put my name i was tired of hiding and being nope. ashamed which was the best decision i've ever done because people say oh they could never do that but yeah the more of us that speak out the better we help other people to find their voice too and yeah. that's really what motivates me
0: and I know that many of our listeners, I mean, the title of the podcast, you know, behind the scenes of happiness, motivation for motivators are people who are in the motivational fields or HR or coaches, etc. Mm-hmm. This is, this is, I appreciate this is a tricky question, but what catapulted you with your story versus other people who go through Equally significant life events and experiences, and they don't necessarily get that traction. I could certainly answer the question, but of course, I'm asking you the question what, what do you think?
1: have oh, no idea. Your strength? <laughs> no idea. I, I just really, it's, it's kind of come to me. I call myself, I used to call myself an accidental speaker because I never intended to be a speaker, but like I said, if I can stand on the stage yep. and share my story with no shame and show people that you can heal and you can laugh and yep. have a good life. And you know, I wanted to, to inspire some hope for others and I have no idea why, why it's taken off, but uh, I'm very grateful, mm. but I just trust in life that maybe this is my purpose, this is my mission, this is what I'm meant yep. to be doing. Yep. So I'm just going with the flow. So I've just stopped working as a psychotherapist just to put all my energy into speaking.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm going to share what I personally loved about your delivery. Okay. It's the the groundedness and the non-sensationalism. Yeah, there's
1: no drama left anymore.
0: No, yeah. no. And I would imagine that whenever you take to the stage, there's always a certain level of nervousness or focus, perhaps is a better word. But you just step on that stage and it's like, here I am. And this is the story. And, and the word okay. accidental accidental speaker is great. Not... Uh, dissimilar from how Brene uh, mm-hmm. catapulted to world fame uh, Brene Brown obviously um, by the night before her scripted TED talk actually decided to just free flow mm-hmm. and and look what that did for her because yeah, that absolutely. is what people want to see right the this is what happened this is why I'm sharing it with you because I want you to benefit from mm-hmm. my learning Have I got that right? Does that resonate Yes, yes. And
1: I was really nervous waiting to go on the wings, waiting to get onto the stage. I was so nervous. But the moment I stood there, I just thought, okay, I'm nervous, but it's not about me talking anymore. It's about who's listening. And that really kept me grounded. I just know it's like a service or my duty to share it with others. And instantly I had evidence. So there was a head teacher there with some pupils from his school and he messaged me to say, three minutes after my talk one of his pupils disclosed to another teacher the math teacher who was there that she had been raped three years ago and she had never told anybody and i've now gone to meet this pupil it was a local high school to me and she said uh, that i have made her happy and i've given her hope and just given her because i'm also a psychotherapist given her practical ways to deal with flashbacks she's now going through the judicial system, because they 've now charged the man, um, so yeah, it was just that 's my evidence that 's my motivation if i said if I, if I was just there just for you, then i 'm really happy, but I know from the many messages men and women that it's it's done something to them, so that's yeah that 's my job i'm really pleased with that
0: Have you come across any negative feedback? not that's yet it' been two weeks. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> Okay. But no, you never know. Uh, sometimes
1: day. yeah, I do get a little bit, but I have an amazing army of supporters. I'm on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. So if I get a troll on Twitter, which is quite unusual, I just tag the right people and they do all the work.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> or if I get a bad review on Amazon or something, people will come in and just leave other comments. So one person wrote he was also a tip attached. He was actually another author He wanted me to read his book and write an endorsement i read his book and i thought there's no way i would ever endorse his book it was a fiction but it was about a service offering counseling and underneath you know behind the scenes they were vigilantes so they were going out torturing rapists and you know really gruesome horrible disgusting stuff and i thought you really don't get me i'm not about revenge i'm not about making you have a person hurt, because I do believe that hurt people hurt people. We need more healing, not more vigilantes in the world. So I refused to leave an endorsement yep. for him. So he went on to write a review saying that uh, because I didn't report it, I'm now responsible that they've gone on to rape other people. Uh, actually, right. There was nothing to do with me. If they choose to rape, that's their choice. No. But it was great to watch then about 20 people just slack him off and just come to my defense. So that was very kind. So yeah, I have good support of that then.
0: Excellent. Excellent. I was asking because sometimes people are not in a place of, they're not ready to to receive that kind of motivational energy because it's different from the, here are the, you know the 10 steps or here is the the formula for a successful life it's 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 confronting in many ways this kind of story healing and story sharing so it 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 might be a big scoop that's what i'm saying for some people and therefore they react in you know not always in the best of ways
1: yeah but um, well, you know i have to really uh, remind people i didn't get here overnight <laughs> it's been a process yeah. you know it's nearly 40 years ago now so it's taken me a lot of talking therapy, body therapy, alternative therapies, you know, lots of different types of approaches mm. uh, to really just clean up. I just call it cleaning yeah. up or just work on another layer of the onion. There's so many layers and you mm. think you're okay and then another one comes. But now I have great self-awareness of something ever does bubble up. I can sit with it and ask myself, why is that coming? And almost thank my body for just, One last bit of trauma that I just need to clean up, you know, so it doesn't frighten me anymore, I guess.
0: And do some of those mechanisms also serve you when it comes to? working with new life experience that comes your way which might not be so positive yeah because parallels and
1: yeah because i really was terrified of everything i was so afraid fear was my best friend it just limited my life so much so now i i'm quite extreme i went out of my way to challenge my fears so i put myself (laughs) into situations that would have normally terrified me so nothing really scares me that much anymore. Right. I've come kind of right the opposite extreme. I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie now. So uh, yeah, but I can I can learn to stay steady. And I think whatever the issue is, to be grounded, connected, and stay steady, just become a better surfer in your life. You know, yeah. I, I'm a windsurfer. So occasionally I will obviously get knocked off my board, but I had to pick myself up. You can't always get rescued by the safety boat. You have to find a way to get back on and sail in the direction you want to go. So yeah, just become a better surfer, a better sailor.
0: Uh, I know that body work is important to you. And you're an avid even just before you came on the show today, um you had a, a gym session booked in, is that... I did, yes. Eight o'clock yeah. come
1: three times a week. <laughs> yeah, we do yoga, yeah. do karate. Yeah. Because you know, one on that night as I spoke about I left my body and for years I never felt in. I felt like I was this house but I had no furniture inside me. I was just empty, just this shell of a human. And so my journey has been getting my memories back and getting back into my body. So for me to I used to run. I was a runner. Mm. I ran every day of my life, ten K, but I realized I was running physically and I was running emotionally. So mm. I wasn't in and I was convincing myself I was. So I went to, I do powerlifting. I went to karate, windsurfing, just to get back into my body because I can't lift, uh, for example, double my body weight on a deadlift if I'm not connected to my feet or to my mm. breath or to my stomach. You can't just pick it up. You have to be connected. So for me, that kind of body work helps. But I also had lots of therapeutic body work, lots of different therapies. That, you know, there won't be a set way for everybody. We'll all find our own ways. But these were the ways that I chose.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing. And I think we live in an, uh, a very welcome era of mental health awareness. Yes. And I think anything that gets people grounded through body work is, is the, the more the better, honestly. So any tips you have to um, share away. For me, it's nature, nature and walking. And, and, I was yeah. going to
1: say even if it's just going for a walk in nature, but you took the word straight out of my mind. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's it, fine. The last year I was very lucky. My husband and I went to America on a, uh, road trip so we drove from santa fe to la and just being in that space and the sky was so wide and it was the views were just staggeringly beautiful all the national parks it really does something inside it just really you know calms everything and allows more space to get in and it was just breathtaking it really was
0: have you and i would like to perhaps wrap up with this question sure. or this topic do you how has spirituality helped you with all of this has do you feel more connected to the bigger picture whatever that means to you than you used to has anything shifted in that area
1: yeah well i've got a long answer already so i don't <laughs> know if you're aware of when my memories came back what also happened as well
0: yes i I, I am yeah feel free <laughs> okay. to hear, so, yeah awesome? so-
1: so I started to see when my memories came back that there was somebody else present. There was a young Tibetan monk.
0: Exactly. Uh,
1: yeah. They were trying to set fire to me and this monk is by my side just blowing out their lighter. And I really thought I was going crazy then. I thought, oh God, what is going on with my mind? If I tell my therapist this, he'll really, I'll, I'll be locked up and sent away to another psychiatric ward. But I know now what we resist persists. So the more I denied him, the more he would show his presence. And the more I denied these memories, the more nightmares I would get or flashbacks or imagining I was seeing them everywhere. So I braved it one day and I said, look, this is happening, I've seen this monk. He said, oh yeah, that can happen. I said, what do you mean? He said, you were so close to being killed that you were just, you saw your protector and you were taken to another dimension because I I know that I left, I had an out-of-body experience. And he said, he, most people never get to see that it's just because he was so close to being killed. I right. went, okay. But the more I denied it, again, he would come in. So for me, acceptance was about accepting all that they did to me and accepting that somehow this monk had influenced them and was part of it as well. I still don't really understand it, but I'm very grateful that he was there mm-hmm. and helped me on that night. But since I shared that part, because I never used to share about the monk because I thought people would... <laughs> and all of that was true and now she's really gone crazy and that's my mind worrying what people will think but I thought well this is my truth this is so I have to share it so many people get in contact about that you know they say that they had a a, a really bad car accident and their dead grandma came and sat by their side while they waited for an ambulance or someone else had an out-of-body experience on a a back of field and they saw like a yeah. native american with them or you know so so many people have got in contact and had similar experiences so now i, I don't really doubt it even though i don't understand it i'm just okay with it yeah, this, this, uh, yeah. so a spirituality i don't know yeah if that's spirituality or not but i just trust life really i guess yeah. that's maybe my spirituality exactly a lot more going on than we really ever know
0: mm. yeah we don't have to figure everything out do we mm-hmm. surely it would no, be really
1: boring if we'd quite boring
0: exactly that's the word <laughs> yeah. so Always like. it goes without saying that your talks and um, talks even because you have quite a few interviews now on youtube uh, mm-hmm. for example um i particularly love the 2017 stronger clip
1: okay yes it was a, um, by a filmmaker friend of mine yeah,
0: yeah it's beautifully okay. p- produced I, I really enjoyed watching it and so, you have your talks, you have your book with all the messages that people can explore. Is there something that you can share with our listeners mm-hmm. in addition to what we've already discussed that you would like to leave them with for today?
1: So I would like to say is how I normally end in most interviews it's never too late to find your voice, it's never too late to go and get help and support um, because to be listen to, to be heard and to be believed. There's there's nothing more empowering than that. I was very lucky, I don't know if you saw, I was interviewed by Sir Trevor Macdonald And yes. afterwards, uh, my friend's mum got in contact with her daughter to tell her, that she had been raped and she'd never told anyone and she ended 64 years of silence. And so to me, that just came from her listening to a woman on the radio who understood and showed her that she wasn't to blame. So if you can't find a therapist, find a friend, find someone that you trust. There has to be a good person. And if not, write it down, write your story down. Tell yourself your story because to live with that trapped inside, I think it does hold you back. from living a real and full alive life
0: absolutely and that is across all genders and cultures and yeah get get it out of your system quite literally yeah Yeah. Yeah.
1: however way whatever way suits you just find a way not to die with that story inside you Mm.
0: so what is the best way for people to get in touch with you madeline
1: uh, well, I'm all over the place really. My website <laughs> is MadelineBlack.co.uk, or mm-hmm. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, all over
0: the place. Excellent. Thank you for our conversation. This one was special. I mean, they're all special, but this one was special for special reasons. So I want to say thank you on behalf of the listeners and myself for the energy, the insights, your courage. And we wish you all the best with the the many ways that are yet to unfold for you in which you can leverage this message, I'm sure. Thank you very much. Looking forward to that. Bye for now.
1: Thank you. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode. For more inspirational podcasts and spiritual talks, as well as more information about my work and story, please visit christophspiesens.com where you can also find all the links to my social media channels. That's it for now. I look forward to connecting with you on the next episode. Bye for now.